afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon. Let's 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 do our energy check. Where are we, Doctor Hamlet? I'm like a five. I'm good. Doctor Gaines. Check in. I'm like, I'm like a six. No, like a seven. I'm like a seven. Okay. I'm going on record. <laughs> I'm easily like a six point five seven. You hype? I'm hype. I'm hype. I gotta rein myself in. You know, here we go. All right. So today, let's talk about. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. Channel it. Channel it. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> can we really ever be serious oh, that long? Sorry. I don't know. Serious. Okay, I don't know if we can be. No, but this topic is serious. No, is so we got serious. we got to get serious. Okay, rain it in. Channel it. Channel it. Channel your inner Ianla. Should we do a breathing exercise? We should not. Okay. I mean. <laughs> and we should not be here, Yama. No, thank you. Scratch all of it. Okay. All right. Okay. You're going to have to respond to my breathing exercise like <laughs> I, that. I, I, I'm sorry. Because I didn't feel like breathing. <laughs> but it's a good coping skill. It is. It is. It is. So today, I, I, I really, really want to talk about um Trauma. You know, we've talked about it lightly and, and, and on the surface, but I think in recent news, um, in light of all the stuff that's been going on, I think it's really important to touch touch back on that conversation about trauma, right? And coping, because now that thing is out there. And these traumatic situations, black, particularly black trauma, right, is happening more frequently than not. Yes. And it needs to be addressed and how do we cope because it's not going anywhere right um the george floyd case came back relatively quickly less than 24 hours and he was found guilty on all three counts can we just stop right there though was anybody else holding their breath but me like i was i was a little nervous okay so here's i was viscerally nervous um the Pope, the announcements came across on my phone and I was in the middle of a telehealth session and my client's caregiver was like, Taj, you okay? And I was like, um, George Floyd case, the, um, the verdict is back and they'll be announcing it about four thirty, five o'clock. And he was like, no way. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm okay. ending early. If you want to end early, he's That's like, I just got, though. he was like, yeah, I just got so nervous. Serious. He's like, for no other reason other than I know what the jury should do, but I just got nervous just in general. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm just a little distracted. I'm going to put myself together. You know, I'm going to give you your money's worth, whatever. So we finished up with five minutes to spare, but I literally was just in my head the entire time because it was just like, what? Like, you feel like you're getting your teeth kicked in. And it's like, again? You know, mm-hmm. um, so I think that that replay um, is worth the conversation. And how do you cope? Because within moments of the verdict being released, we hear about the 15, 16 year old Miss um, Bryant that was shot um, and killed about 15 miles away from the courthouse in Minnesota um, by another police officer. So. All of that, you know, is is heavy. So for every one step forward, you take about 15 back. And it's heavy, you know. What do you do? Where do you go? Who do you talk to? Because, mm-hmm. like, Dr. Dr. Hamlet has made it quite clear. There are certain conversations she's just no longer going to have. And this probably falls in that same category of, like, I'm no longer going to have this conversation with you. Like, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will with you guys. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But for it's sure. like, yeah, at work. Yeah. After. This may be an unpopular opinion, but on days like that day, I love my job, mm-hmm. but I find it so much harder. For sure. On days like for that For sure. Because it's like, not only do I have to take care of myself, but then it's like, okay, how am I going to support people through this as I'm trying to support myself through this at the same time. 
And this is the stuff that nobody prepares you for. For sure. Right? So like, not in, not in the in books. In nobody's textbook. Mm-hmm. It was in nobody's class. It was in nobody's theory. It was in nobody's supervision group that I learned how to process racial trauma within myself while helping others do it simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So those days are really, really hard for me personally. Um, not to say that I don't get through them because I do think that there is there is something to holding space with someone while you're going through something similar, right? Like being a black woman myself and talking to other black women through that, I think there is healing that takes place in the midst of that as we do it together. Um, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is really, really hard. Um, so that day I remember my mother actually texted me because I was usually on, um, I think that was a Wednesday. I'm not mistaken and usually Wednesdays I have just like back-to-back appointments from like the morning until it was, the it was Tuesday it was, it was only 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 know that because I was in a meeting and we stopped okay. the meeting to watch it yeah. okay well, whatever day really? was I knew you the meeting we were in a meeting I was in my research team meeting and frankly as our students were kind of like wait the tv's on in the background can we just watch and we just watched mm. it together and it was like a moment yeah. you know yeah so it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Whatever day it was, that was a day that I have like back-to-back appointments. And I remember my mom texting me saying that the the verdict was in. And I was like, oh, boy. And I just remember in my mind having to kind of set myself up for when this comes back either way, whoever I see after this verdict Absolutely. is going to be some work to do sure. around it. So... It's heavy. It is really heavy. Did you guys watch the trial? Parts. Oof, I that could was not. brutal. I don't I know why. Not. I couldn't stop watching, but it was so traumatic. It was mostly traumatic watching the people recount what they saw and how traumatic that was for them. Okay. And I think for me, uh, I chose not to watch it. <laughs> simply because it was one of those things where I wouldn't have been able to pull myself out of that hole. You know, it's 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 one of those things where I don't know why I did that. The highlights would come on. Like cause I typically would listen to I typically would watch and listen to the eleven o'clock news. And so the highlights obviously would be on, right? Yeah. And I remember that there were two um people on the stand that stood out to me, the young black man that they were trying to make it, paint him out to be angry. The guy who was like a martial arts guy. I think yeah. And so he was basically teacher. sort of like berating Derek. Um, like, and so he'd ask him a question. He'd be like, yeah, I did. And then he'd be like, yep, I did. And each time he would respond, he would look directly into Derek's face. Right. Like trying to sort of invoke, um, sort of like poke at him to get him to be angry on the stand, right? And then there was an older black gentleman who broke down, um, broke down, and broke down and started crying. So next thing you know, um, it was one of those things where I was just like, I can't do this. I really cannot do this. I cannot do this yeah I think you know with the older with the older black man I think it was very much difficult for me because he literally literally started sobbing on the stand they he wasn't the only one they pretty much all talked about their PTSD yeah and then it's like this is this is not just a moment of PTSD this is like (laughs) lasting you know, and like, who's going to help them? What's gonna, what is that going to look like for them? Are they going to resort to like substance use? Are they going to resort to, you know, like what is it, what is their coping going to look like? You know what I realized, like in in the midst of trying to have this conversation because it is so heavy that I think that's why I make jokes all the time to keep from laughing, <laughs> like my to keep tendency from crying. Absolutely. is like to like laugh, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I feel like that's how 
a coping skill for black people. Oh, yeah. We got jokes. Toya says it. Dr. Ga- Dr. Gaines says it all yeah, the time. We got time. jokes. Yes. Because what else you going to do? Yeah, I know I just discovered TikTok, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like somebody's grandma. Oh, no. Grandma Toya on TikTok, TikTok again. What happens on TikTok? <laughs> Well, so first of all, you know how you I have feel. two seconds to, to, to go oh, off on goodness. a tangent. No, 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 I'm not going to go that far off. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know how I feel about social media in general. Like I just I'm on it maybe a little bit and then I go ghost for a little while. I just social media for me is just not a thing. Right. <laughs> and so for the longest time, I thought TikTok was just for dances. Like you just make up these dances and you record yourself. But I recently discovered that it's so much more than that. I've learned how to air fry a salad. Why TikTok. would you? What? Oh, yeah. I'm not going down minute, that rabbit hole. No, 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 no. We are going to keep going. She, no, 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 she, no, wait, no, 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 no. Did she use salad and fry in the same in the same sentence? But the fact that she felt like it was a meal <laughs> is. And that we were going to. That, that's just a thing. I'm just saying. saying. How to fry like, a salad, like girl. we were leaving her out. Like we were leaving her out. Okay. Why y'all didn't tell me you could air fry? A salad, ma'am. I don't understand. No, no, no. Okay, we can't. Okay, we're not doing that with her. Mm -mm. I'm just saying. If she want air fry all the good greenery, she can. I'm so confused in that space because we're not eating no good fried air air fried greenery. Just saying. The devil. So, but on TikTok, there's so much. (laughs) I'm so confused by it. Okay, just erase what I said. You and can't. Let me just... who, wait, who out there? What recipe book is telling Bottom me, line. take you some good radicchio? Throw Not radicchio, it's romaine. Put it in a little okay? flour. Put it in a little flour. No, you Get don't do any of that. And slide it in that Why air fryer. Why would you need to fry a salad? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the moral of the story sorry, is, aside from learning... Recipes on TikTok. There's I've also been exposed to a lot of funny content on TikTok, which makes me laugh. And that is what I've been using recently as a coping skill. That is all I wanted to say. Laughter is a good one. <laughs> Fried salad, though. We'll have to revisit that because we'll talk about that at a later date. We'll talk about that a little later. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I think with this, right, how do you, where do you go? What do you do? What do you do? Because the same day, minutes, minutes, within minutes of the verdict being read, you have a 15, 16-year-old girl, Miss Bryant, being shot in the chest. In the chest. Here's the thing. I feel like I've really been thinking about this. Dr. Venus Reese is a, you know, business person. <clears throat> and she has a podcast. And it, I feel like for me, and this is the same way I am in work, like it helps me to conceptualize things. Okay. Because then I can be like, okay, I see what's going on here. And on her podcast the other day, she was talking about how, you know, it's like black murder porn. Like on TV, it sells newspapers and it sells news and gets views to watch black people, you know, being killed on the news. And, you know, they're not reporting on police killing other people of different ethnicities. They're not reporting on other kinds of things. And that it's kind of like a legacy from the days of slavery where lynching was literally a public entertainment event. Mm -hmm. Like people would take their kids Mm -hmm. to go watch a lynching. And so... The idea that the reason we see it over and over is, A, kind of to reassert this situation of, you know, black bodies, we can do anything we want with them. Mm -hmm. And then we're traumatized by it. So then because we're in our feelings and emotional every time and steadily traumatized every day we turn the news on, our focus is not on things like what just happened in Georgia, right? Mm -hmm. Where we saw the power of voting. We saw the power of activism. Right. And we've seen the backlash to that now. So it makes it, it seems like that's where we should be putting our attention. So I feel like one coping skill is to be to sort of turn our focus from these news stories over and over and over to activism. Mm. And kind of just focus all of our energy and our stress and whatever 
into yeah. that kind of work instead of just watching these stories on the news that traumatized us. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I didn't watch <clears throat> the trial uh-huh. um, in its entirety because of the amount of times they played Ooh, segments video. of the video. Uh-huh. Like that was a lot. To date, I have not watched the video. Oh, you, it's, you are, it's a that's lot. That's a good idea. It's a lot. And I even... W- Again, it's another reason why I don't like social media, right? Because, uh-huh. like, immediately after the Micaiah Bryant situation, it was up yep. on social media. And so yep. I just happened to be scrolling, and the video was everywhere. 15 minutes away from where, from the courthouse, she got shot in the chest. What about Dante? And, I mean, that was what? How many minutes? Insane. Right. And I don't ever want to get to the point where I look at those videos and I become desensitized to it. Like, I think that's impossible. I mean, I don't know. But I don't know. It's so painful to watch. It's I think I think I think Dr. Hamlet to 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 the point of Dr. Gaines. Yeah, I think many people are because that's probably true. If you were to go through the news since the verdict, how many police killings has there been or incidents? I won't even say killings. We'll say incidents because most recently, as of last night, I was um, I had seen where the police dragged a 66-year-old African-American female out of the car by her hair Mm. and had her on the concrete in the street and still couldn't tell her what they were pulling her over for. 66. Somebody's mom. It could be somebody's grandma. So, like, again, I hadn't seen the video. It was playing in the background, and I ever so kindly turned yes because i was i oh for sure God. was in somebody's good car dealership and i was like could y'all turn that mute it or I, I can go outside i can't sit here and watch that yes but that's just a me thing it's just a knee-jerk response where i cannot i cannot, i was like that for, with the george floyd i didn't watch it cannot. for all that time i didn't really actually see it to the trial yeah me neither and even still i don't think i've seen the whole thing like i've seen like bits mm-hmm. where they play it for maybe like a minute nope. while they're trying to make a case, Mm-mm. you know, during the, the trial. But I have not seen the full. And that's heavy. That's heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you say to the five-year-old? Not five-year-old. That's extreme. What do you say to the eight, 10, 12-year-old? Yes. What do you say to... The young adult, the 21, 25, the 30-year-old. You, you know how it's like fight, 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 flight, flee, and now you see fawn is the thing now? Really? Yeah. Or is that like the same as submit? Yeah, kind of. Like, okay. you know, kind of just trying to be a people pleaser mm-hmm. and just do whatever. Mm-hmm. I saw that on social media. But I'm like, it's so funny when you think about, like, what is your trauma reaction? For me, it's flee. I Like, every time this conversation starts, I either want to tell some jokes or I'm like, where else can I live? Am I going to, could I go to Africa? Like, I literally start thinking about, like, where else can I live in the world? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's for a lot of people. Well, you know, let me ask, let me take that back. So for those of you who are listening to this and are, are not familiar, there are a couple of responses to trauma that are biologically hardwired. There's fight, which is you run towards the situation, try to do something. There's flight, which you avoid, which is after what Dr. Nikki is saying. That's her kind of like go-to to avoid and, and deflect. There's freeze, which is kind of like the deer in the headlights mm-hmm. response. And fawn or submit, which is to just give in in service of not getting hurt any further than what you already know is about to come basically so um and for all of us that's different what do you what do you think you guys what's your tendency oh i'm a fleer (laughs) (laughs) i want no part like that i i I I want no part yeah i feel you i mean i think i think i'm a fleer if there were avoidant categories. That's flea. That's okay. flea. That's where I'm at. 
Mm-hmm. I will. I have not watched. I have not watched George Floyd's video. I have not watched Dante That's really Wright's good. video. I have not watched Micaiah Bryant's video. I have not watched any of the videos simply because I don't want it stuck on replay in my head, yeah. in my sleep, in my daydreams, in my random thoughts. Like I just, I can't. So I just legit will change the channel. You can't catch. I couldn't tell you what CNN is. I couldn't tell you what channel CNN is. I yeah, tell you. I'm going to stop watching it because of what I just said. Because it really is just re-traumatizing every day. It makes you it tired. Because it sells the news. and It makes you tired. It's like, am I next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, have I dotted I's, crossed T's, walked the, the, the straight, straight and narrow? Have I not, you know reached go and collected $200 like have I done all the things that I needed to do to make sure I make it home safe wait here's the thing though right and I feel like this is another big coping skill so black people we got jokes (laughs) and we got Jesus can I get a Jesus Jesus (laughs) just saying I'm just saying like that's my other go-to when I'm like scared like that like oh my god this is crazy like I just before this was in the Walgreens and saw a cop and I was like I had that little moment but mm-hmm. all you could, I mean, you just got to lean on them. Lean on them. I've, I've never been in a situation where I saw a cop and immediately was like, oh, okay, the cop is here. I feel safe. Safe. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's literally never happened. Like, every time I see a cop, I'm, I'm like, checking myself. Like, make sure I'm not doing anything wrong. Like, like, what is especially that? Especially if they pull up behind you in your car, right? It's yeah. like, is my seatbelt on? What's my speed limit? Scary. But How I, am I positioned in the car? But I didn't used Let to think of it like I used to all. think of it like a ticket. Like I, I was scared because I didn't want to get a ticket. Mm-hmm. But now it's like I just don't want any of the interaction at all. Listen, I see a cop in Walgreens and I'm like, can they see that I'm like, I'm like, this is just here, bringing it to the register. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's, but and that's, I don't like to use the word crazy, but it's wild. Like for real. Mm-hmm. I'm serious, though. I mean, whatever, even if you don't believe in God, but like, I don't know. I just feel like even if it's just positive expectation, I that's another go to for me. I just try to think I'm in a bubble, nice little safety bubble, because you can't really if you think about it too hard. I mean, how are you going to function? Right. I have to Google his name. I can't remember who said it now, um, but they were advocating Oh, the people are going to get me. Like, girl, you don't know his name? I can't remember the politician or activist who was advocating for police to have, like, a license, like how we do, like, as doctors or therapists. Really? Oh, that's a good idea. He was saying that you should have a license. Oh, my gosh. That's a good one. name? Um, I'm sure somebody will probably write us in and be like, girl, this was his name. Um... (laughs) But he was basically saying that police officers should have a license so that, like, okay, if there's one complaint against them, um, then we should we should have a review of whether or not they should keep their license. So that, A, um, you know, if we do find that they do something wrong, then their license should be revoked so that they can never do this to somebody else again. Right. So in the case of like an unjustified shooting, if we revoke their license, then potentially that will protect other people from that same behavior in the future. I mean, I feel like the only thing. Dennis Welsh. No, no. Okay. I feel like the only thing is, though, that like the system was is doing what it was designed to do. So therefore. okay, It would involve. Like, are we going to renegotiate that? Because, I don't know, did you guys see Trevor Noah when he was saying, like, it's not about bad apples, it's a rotten tree? Mm, it makes sense, though. Yeah. So it's like... And Chris Cuomo stepped in it, too, when he said that... Yes. ...that it's not going to matter until other races have the same problem. Meaning, until a white child... Yeah. It's murdered. It's not going to be an issue. Dr. Jason Johnson is his Jason name. Jason Johnson. Okay. Yes. 
so the people don't come for me. I mean, that's a great idea, but it just is like, <clears throat> do we fundamentally agree the cops are there to protect and serve, or are they there to protect and serve some and over-police others and kill them if they feel like it? Like, right. And inherent in all of this is implicit bias, right? And in some ways, not so implicit. What but is that, Dr. Gaines? I am glad you asked. So we all have <laughs> not with the not with the little laugh though. Uh-huh. She did. Uh, <laughs> so we we all have biases that we hold about certain people, certain groups of people, certain things. We all have uh, we all gravitate towards one thing versus another. And so implicit bias is um the ideas that you hold about certain groups of people that aren't necessarily communicated explicitly, but you hold within yourself, right? And so, um, for example, I have an implicit bias that, like, I feel like all black people have rhythm. I don't. <laughs> like, if I'm looking, if I'm looking at a go. black person with no rhythm, I'm like, What's You're wrong with you? They're like they're not sure they right, don't. but that's my own <laughs> implicit. I don't go around saying that to people, but yeah. that's my own bias. Like I'm looking at you a certain way if you're black and you don't have any rhythm. Right. So that's what I mean. Like cops hold certain. I don't want to generalize, but it's possible that some cops hold this bias that African-American men or women, there's something wrong. They don't see us as fully human or dangerous and, or dangerous or whatever that makes it easier for them to then go ahead and brutalize murder give harsher sentences profile them what have you and so the problem is not that you well if you have a bias to the extent that you think people are inhumane that's one thing but f- for the most part biases are not awful being aware of them if you're not aware of them because we all have them right right being not being aware of them is the issue and if you're not aware of them there's no way that you can work on them i think a lot of it too with those biases is like projecting all of your a lot of times projecting your own uncomfortable meaning like projecting outward like if i'm insecure or i'm angry or i'm scared then i'm going to project it out and then you're angry you're scared Mm -hmm. or you scare you know what I'm saying when it's always like I'm fearing for my life but like actually in the last couple videos like wasn't Dante remember the the, um, army vet guy (gasps) these guys are literally saying did you see that I did I just I he literally said I'm scared I'm scared to get out of the car so then when is it like he's saying he's scared but then you're the as a cop you're scared really Mm because he's telling you he's scared of you so I feel like it's a projection sometimes that like they're not even in touch with all the unconscious things going on there. All that conditioning of like, this is a black person, all the stereotypes. Like he's literally saying, I'm fearful. Right. Is which is point you de-escalate the situation. And the thing is, if you po- police, the police are a human service job. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, mm-hmm. When you think of human services, you think of like social workers, therapists, addictions, counselors, all of that. Residential facilities. Right. But the police are here to serve us. It's a human service job. And so why don't they get the same training about these things that the rest of us do? I think, again, I think it's because their training focuses on serve and protect and some people are more likely to be dangerous and it, they're conditioned almost. Yeah. And probably then it's like if you go to a certain neighborhood, a poor neighborhood that's disproportionately black and brown, right? Then you have things, you know, the common things that you see that are really correlated with poverty, right? not race. Right. Exactly. Then they just start to make these associations. It's Survival. all conditioning. So I feel like their training by design conditions them to protect some people. Right. And see others as dangerous and need to be punished. Right. But so then that's my thing. Like, why aren't they being trained to understand their own biases? You know why. You know why. Why, Dr. Gaines? <laughs> I'm Dr. Hamlet. <laughs> because 
Yeah, but you I know do. why though. I I I tell her why. Why, why aren't they trained? Why aren't they trained? Why are you asking? I was the one who asked the question. You know, and you know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. Mm. Mm. I mean, we we always say like, why? We know why. We do. I mean, the system wasn't designed for us. No. Right. Right. If I mean, call a spade a spade. The system wasn't designed for us, but not to protect us, to police us. It wasn't designed for us. None of these systems were. If you want to keep it funky, funky. No. No. At all. Like, let's take a trip down memory lane. Walk with me. <laughs> That's the, I'm on a journey. Let's okay. Go. Walk with me. We're all in our schooling. Yeah. We've got, we've received our bachelor's degree. In some way, shape, or form, we decide we want to go back for our master's. Yes. That master's program wasn't easy. Keep it funky. Wasn't. We ran up against... Some folk that didn't de- feel that we deserved to be at the table, didn't deserve. We built. I was the only black person in my master's program. Oh, okay. just to let you know. Me too. Oh, okay. There were. Okay, so our pro my the my program was it was eighteen of us, and it was considered the most diverse. Well, was you? Okay, <laughs> that part. <laughs> I I didn't want to say that, but yeah, that part. Right. Then we decide. And our infinite wisdom that we want more, we want to do, we want to, we want to do more, right? We want to serve more. We go get doctorates. It was me. Was it just you, Dr. Gaines? Were you the only? In your doctorate program. your doctoral program. You know, I was actually very lucky, to be honest. I always say that I was very spoiled in my doctorate program, whereas I had a, um, I was one of four black women in my cohort. Okay. Wow, that's great. Right? In my in my cohort, actually. There right, were other right. black women um before me and, and after me. And I also had a black mentor advisor hmm. dissertation chair. Rare. And she was not the only black woman faculty, actually. Really? There were two. Wow, yes, you I were was blessed. That very was spoiled. Rare. And that is the reason why I actually applied huh. to that po- shout out to Nancy Boyd Franklin. Yeah. Dr. And Nancy is- Boyd Franklin and Dr. Shalonda Kelly. Yes. Listen. That's Shout rare. Because mm-hmm. in mine, there were, uh, in my cohort for the doctorate program, there were three of us. Myself, a Hispanic man, and a, yeah, myself and a Spanish man. Hispanic man. That was it. Because there was a woman who ended up switching cohorts because scheduling life whatever whatever so it was only the two of us oh wow and when i say he's he stuck stick stuck closer than like a best friend we were on the computer and on the phone every night because it's like okay Taj, we're both getting through this program okay mm-hmm. okay all right yeah okay so how can we do this like it and it's tough right and then going to work not all of us when we all met. And now a- that we're. Let's just leave that. <laughs> when we all met, it was like, whoa. We hit the jackpot. This next to never happens. I will say that the only reason I was even in the space was because I met Dr. Nakia Listen. at a conference. I was like, oh, there's a black woman at this program. Oh, I'm applying here. Right. This is the only reason. Right. And it was th- at least two, three days before I started, when I started working, before I actually met her. And I was like, oh. Because, you know, you go into these spaces like, it's just going to be me. Mm-hmm. Let me bury my head in the sand and do my job. But when sis ever rounded the corner, I was like, oh. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. hey. <laughs> Y'all remember our very first Black Girl Caucus? In your do office. I. In my office. Yep. Do I. Listen, uh, the inaugural <laughs> meeting of the Black Girl Caucus. Listen, it was serious, it but was. like that—that that matters. It does to serve as a buffer. I mean, what about the part though? Like, I feel like throughout history, like people have tried to figure this out, right? There's definitely people in the civil rights movement, activists, white and black people, other people of color, and allies, then, as they're called now. Exactly, accomplices too, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's what they call it. That's what it was. They Are call it now. Yeah. Accomplices. But yeah. it was, I think for me, it was the way she said, and accomplices. <laughs> I've n- never heard, heard that term. No. Yeah, apparently there's a difference between an ally and an accomplice. And I'm not really clear enough on it, the difference, but I feel like accomplice is seen as more like, an ally is going to like do certain things mm-hmm. today, right? <laughs> and an accomplice is going to go even further, I think is the thing. Huh, okay. Like an accomplice is going to be like, this is how much money I make. And you paid her less. Here's my paycheck. Let's all meet about it. Oh, Give her the same amount of money as opposed to like, oh, oh that, yeah, I understand. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Don't send me. That's oh my, my PTSD. Gosh. Don't send me over the edge with that woo, 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 that tapping. I forgot what my damn point was. It's okay. But is it so? My question for you guys. Okay. To explain to the audience, right, is is there a such thing as racial trauma? For sure. Can is racial trauma related to like regular trauma when we talk about post traumatic stress disorder? For sure. For sure. For sure. Please elaborate for the people. Um, I mean, I could take you on another walk journey, but I won't. It's okay. But I think when something happens to you whether it's in your personal life related to race, whether it was an encounter with the police, somebody at the grocery store, somebody at the doctor's office, whatever, whatever, or if it happens in your work life, happens with a superior, happens with someone on your same management love tier um, or a subordinate, it tends to resonate, the message, not necessarily the incident, but the message resonates with you. And you tend to take that with you. And it's hard then to go into new work situations or new personal experiences without it being like, without you being jaded a bit. Mm -hmm. So then you feel, so then you start to tell, have this narrative in your head of like, I'll use me for example. Okay, so I'm black. I'm a female. I have a doctorate degree. And here we are. So me crossing the threshold of any doorway is going to be a threat to anybody. And I don't even have to say a word. Mm-hmm. Facts. So now I have to figure out how I'm going to walk across the threshold and still be me. And not wear this label or fit this image or fit this idea of the, that they have of me. Right. But please understand, I'm not going to go in there shucking and driving like, yeah, the court jester. Right. No, sis ain't here for that. I'm here to do my job. Um, but where do I, or and how do I find that happy medium? So that ends up being my stress going into these works environments. That ends up being my stress going into these personal environments. The difference between personal and work, I don't have, I can pick and choose my personal situations. My work situations, eh. Mm-hmm. I have to tr- tread a fine line. So for me, it sort of just skews my way of how I go about doing things in the work environment. The personal, I can take it or leave it. Like That's what know? I was going to say before, though. I think over history, like, We've tried to carve out spaces, you know, that are very, like, supportive and and safe. And it seems like part of this whole violence towards black bodies is, like, kind of trying to destroy those spaces. So even when we've tried to just, like, create safe spaces where people look like us and Mm -hmm. we collaborate in business, et cetera. Like, I always think of Black Wall Street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then it's like, okay, so what do we do if even if we try to create a space of safety it's like not always like i don't know it's crazy it's almost like maybe that's the fear of it like threat Mm -hmm. like if we're gonna get together and organize and support each other in business and support our kids in school and community that's seen as threatening Mm -hmm. so then what do you do yeah i think the one thing that resonates a lot for me is one of the symptoms of like post-traumatic stress disorders hypervigilance Mm -hmm. right and we talked about this on our 
episode that we just talked about, like trauma yeah. in 18. general. Yep, absolutely. And I think, yeah, and I think when it, say it again, look Dr. At, look Dr. at Episode that. 18. She's calling out the there episodes. There we go. Go back and listen to it. There you um, go. There you go. But I think that resonates with me is because with us, it's like that feeling of always being on guard mm-hmm. of like, how are, how am I being perceived? What's going to happen? Check what are that these, symptom. Right. What are these people thinking? What should I do in this situation? How did I go in right. and approach this? How do I do? And it's like that feeling of always needing to be aware or prepared mm-hmm. with regard to your surroundings so that you don't become the person that gets hurt, whether that's the victim of police brutality, microaggressions, microaggressions at work, or whatever the case, racial profiling, whatever the case. Gaslighting. Gaslighting, whatever the case may be. It's hypervigilance is that feeling of always being on guard. And I think that's like what I hear the most when I'm talking to people about racial trauma. I mean, I think that's definitely true. But I think it's because, and this is maybe my personal experience, like when you do let your guard down, (laughs) I'm thinking of a situation a super long time ago. Where somebody just started calling me Tanisha. Like, I'm sorry, what? There's nowhere near me. your name. Wait a minute. So that's like that. Um, And I kept being like, that's not my name. Right? So like when you let your guard down, somebody comes and says something ignorant to you or something. And you're like, see, I didn't want to have to do this today. There's no days yep. off. There's, no, there's really, there's really not. There's really not. Not like it's not a work day. Same thing. I used to be really, really close friends with this other girl in my doctorate program. And they would confuse us all the time. They would call me her name. They would call her my name. They would call me my name. They would call her her name. And it was like we were the same person. All black people don't look alike. Apparently and my name them. is not Tanisha. Apparently Keisha. Not every black person's name is Keisha. Tasha sends me through the roof. Carry on. I digress. No, it's okay. But our names were completely different. Completely different. Like, we're talking Latoya versus Shamika. I do have to say, I have a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to keep it light. My heart it's is heavy. A, it's just a matter of time. We do like a good A at the end of a name. Can I just say? Oh my Can God. I just get an A? Because all three of us have an A at the end of our and name. And everybody else and a lot of people we know. Uh, just saying. Carry on. Nothing like a good A at the end. <laughs> Yeah, right. You're right. Case in point. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Okay, so now that we've laid it out there, how do we how do we cope? Other than laughter. Thank you for that segue. How do you how do people cope with the racial trauma that occurs day after day? Because it's exhausting. So, ready? It seems cliche and it seems like we're beating a dead horse, but I think therapy is important. For sure. Because you can't carry everything. More than ever. You know, black people were built to produce produce anything under the sun we you give us so much as a uh, a morsel a grain a, a morsel of a grain of something right and it's going to produce into something we we just have that ability we can't produce 24 hours a day 7 days a week 365 days we can't it gets heavy so it wears. So we need to be able to unload. So therapy is important. I think the other piece is there has to be a work-life balance. And that's that's just sort of an overarching health services thing. But also it's really prevalent with respect to the... With, with OTs, we have to have this life-work balance. So it's like, how do we balance life? Your significant other, your kids, um, or, or, or not, not at all. You know, you don't have to have those things, but how do you balance that, that life, going to work, managing home, um, friends, family, social life, right? How do you balance work? Because work is heavy. There's circles of people at work that you want to be bothered with. There's circles of people at work that you don't want to be bothered with. So finding that life-work balance. Um, 
and having an outlet, whatever that outlet looks like. So for some, it's the gym. For some, it's knitting, crocheting. For others, it's hiking. For others, it's whatever that other thing is. You have to be able, reading, book clubs, that's huge now. Um, Zoom parties, that's huge now in this this panorama, or as my favorite patient says, Panera Bread. Um, <laughs> finding, <laughs> finding that that thing that sort of sustains you, that allows you to sort of shut your brain off, relax, take the tension off your shoulders, because we're literally sitting like this Monday through Friday. I think to your point too, Dr. Taj, I think not watching the things and really kind of protecting your mentals, protecting your mentals. You know enough now. You don't have to watch CNN every day. You don't have to read the next story. Because when you heal trauma, right, you do have to kind of give yourself some safety. And I think another part to that too, Dr. Hamlet, is giving yourself grace. Because the world's already beaten up on us. You can't beat up on yourself even more. Definitely not. So I think for me, one thing that I had to, I guess, resolve within myself is finding my place in like the movement, I guess, because I used to always think, you know, the people who are like out and protesting and like being vocal and you know, leading rallies and, you know, doing all these things. Like, if I wasn't doing that, I wasn't doing enough. You weren't active. I wasn't active, right? Um, But at some point, I had to learn that that's not me. Right. Right? Like, I'm I'm not somebody that enjoys being out in the the masses, in the spotlight, in the, you know, like – my I feel like my form of activism is being a therapist and helping people develop coping skills to be able to continue on in this marathon I always tell people the fight for racial justice racial equality is a marathon it's not a sprint right and so at some point you have to pass the baton like you can't carry the baton the entire time that's why we're all in this together And so if you need to rest, rest. Somebody else will pick up the fight in the meantime, you know, and as soon as you kind of recharge and get yourself together, you can pick back up the baton and do your thing. But we all have a place. And I had to learn that my place is in the one on one, is in providing the safe space for people, is in the more behind the scenes kind of thing. And so I think that's another important thing for people to keep in mind is like, finding your place within all of this, using your gifts and your strengths and the things that you do well in order to advance the movement and don't let other people who, you know, may be more out there, more vocal, more whatever, make you feel a certain way about your place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to find like your own brand of activism. That's really important. That's important. And I think, you know, for for we're talking a lot about our own experiences, but even like if you're an ally, accomplice, a a white person or someone who's not African-American or a person of color, like I think learning, you know, as is a start and not expecting like as as black people try to kind of cope, not expecting them to do the heavy lifting of teaching you. But learning and kind of getting aware of your own process and how race and racism have played a role in your own life. It's really, you know, because the burden is on us so much to like fix the problem, explain the problem, not react to the problem. Right. Like, (laughs) what am I? (laughs) Jesus? I mean, really? That's too much. I got I got no more cheek space to turn. Like I know. I got nothing. My gosh. Jesus, both cheeks have been used. What would you suggest? <laughs> Numerous times. Because I'm about to knock you both. Let me take out one more good time. Try Jesus, not me. <laughs> they got one more good time. I'm about to knock you five buck. Like, come on. You know? Oh, gosh. So, yeah. This was a hard conversation to have, guys. But we did it. We did it. We did, we did it. it. We got through. Energy check. Ooh. I'm um, a four. 
Yeah, I'm not at that seven like I was when we started. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired. Of it's just point. like a permanent. Don't you feel like it's like a permanent weight in your chest? It is. It's just. It's there. It is. It just is. It just is. Uh, yeah. Dr. Yeah, Hamlet? I'm like, I'm like a two. Two. I need some ice cream. This one. Doctor. With, with a brownie. I'm going to need okay. you oh. you fri- She wants fried salad, though. <laughs> Fried salad. Wait, is Listen, it Rodeo or Romaine? It looks good on the TikTok. It was Romaine. It looks good on the TikTok. I have not oh. tried it, but it looks good Lord, on the TikTok. And you it's know, not you like know salad wasn't meant to be fried. We're right? not talking about oh, okay. salad chips here, okay? Like we're not <laughs> Look, frying mad, them. I did get mad. You, you, but you called I it fried. You said fried. You said in the air fryer. She put the lettuce in the air fryer for a couple minutes. It didn't come out like a chip now, but it looked just not like, like a kale chip. Not like a chip, but it looked like nice and oh wow, fried crisp. salad, literally yummy in my tummy. Like, not no, never, not. I don't know. I didn't. Try. I'm gonna try and let you know. Don't call. Us, I'm gonna have to come gonna back be mad on because you're gonna have an air fryer full of lettuce. I'm gonna have to come back on and let y'all know. And then if it's good, I don't want to hear not a word. Is that supposed to be healthy? We won't know if it's good because we're not eating it. We've made that clear. A little olive oil on the lettuce with some sea salt. Why you got to fry the lettuce, though? <laughs> Why not? Okay. Okay. We're not we doing digress. that. I'm it's sorry. not like you dipping it in flour and so butter. So we and, would oh. like, if you would like to sort of give us some feedback. Air fryer salad. About the air fryer salad. If you salad, tried air fryer salad. If you'd even like to talk us. about the subject matter that we discussed in the episode, feel free to reach out to us at the doctors at beingthepodcast.com. The doctors at beingthepodcast.com. We will not feel away if you don't email about the romaine salad chips if you do let us know though i'm curious uh, i'm curious <laughs> you can check us out on facebook and ig at being the podcast and we look forward to hanging out with you see you next time see ya, see ya.